Okay, if you've got a Bible, you can turn it to Matthew chapter 3, um, and we're in the first verse, and we're going to verse 12. So if you've got a Bible, uh, Matthew chapter 3, but don't worry, if you haven't brought along a Bible, um, the words will appear on the screen for you. Okay, Matthew chapter 3, from verse 1. Just find that in my Bible, let me read that, and then I will pray for us. We are carrying on a series in Matthew at the moment. Okay, here we go, Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt round his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him, and from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, "'You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance.' And do not think that you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is, ready, or the axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me will come one who's more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in hand, and he will clear the, his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Let me just pray for us. Lord Jesus, um, we want to thank you that you are good. We want to thank you that you are alive as we've been singing this morning. We want to thank you that you're here with us this morning as we gather, and by the Spirit, would you speak to us? We want to say, as, as Raj was encouraging us, we're listening, and we want to listen to all you have to say to us this morning. So please be with us, please speak to us, um, and please let us leave change knowing that we've encountered you today. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, you might be thinking, what on earth are we going to do with this passage this morning, what are we going to do? And what does it have to do with today? What, what does this guy have to do with today? This guy who is loud and brash and calls people broods of vipers, you snakes. Um, what about this guy who um, really uh, needs some fashion guidance? You know, what, what, are we, what are we to do with this passage where this guy actually needs some dietary advice? Um, this is... This is is important. I think this is important because it's about what he's calling the people to do. And if you look at um, the accounts of John the Baptist in all four of the um, Gospels, the accounts of Jesus' life, actually his message is the same. Uh, and his message in it is repent, uh, be baptized, uh, repent uh, for the forgiveness of your sins. You know, essentially that's Jesus' message too, isn't it? That's Jesus' message. And, you know, you could actually look and say, well, that's, that's Peter's message as well. In Peter, on the day of Acts, that's his message as he stands up. Repent, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Um, Andrew Wilson, who's fast becoming one of the most quoted 
speakers in, uh, in Jubilee at the moment, isn't he? Now, Andrew Wilson, the, the church leader down south, says this. He says it's the same whether you look at John, whether you look at Peter, whether you look at Jesus. Baptism, repentance, and the forgiveness of sins are bound up in the way people respond to the good news of what God has done in Christ. And this is why I think it's so important to us today. Because repentance, to repent, means change. And our culture, our culture wants change, but it doesn't want change of us. It wants change of other things. It wants change on its terms. And if it is change of me, then, you know, it is what, what I want, not how others think. You know, it, it, often our culture can say we want a spirituality, but we want to bolt it onto our life. A bit like um, a social group in our area or a bit like a gym membership. You know, once it, when it suits me, I'll bolt it on. When it doesn't, I'll take it away. Um, but actually, do you know, when it, when it seeks to speak into what I do, my actions, when it seeks to speak in what I do with my finances, when it seeks to speak into who I sleep with, then we say, well, actually, no, 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 that's too much change. No, no, I, I, that's, that's my domain. That's my choice. I want the feel-good vibes, but I don't want the change. And as Raj was saying last week, as he opened up this, uh, as he continued our series, we've called it Come the Revolution. And he was saying, because a revolution needs to happen in here doesn't it? That's where the revolution needs to happen. It happens in here. The people were thinking, it's going to be a big revolution out there. And Jesus comes and says, no, no, the revolution has to start in here. So repentance, repent. We, can, we, have, to, we have to be careful because it sounds, we think we know the meaning because it's a, a very religious word and we think, oh yeah, I think I know what that means. It means that we have to behave better. It means that we have to feel guilty um, about what we do. It means that um, we have to um, try and make up for things we've done wrong and try and live a better life. Um, but actually, we need to understand that repentance is all about turning to God. Repentance is about turning to God. It's turning from our old life and turning to him. Gavin and I were going to a meeting this week in Gateshead, and we uh, parked our car and we had to walk to the, where the meeting was, and we got lost, which is really unlike us, because the only time we ever get lost is when we're with Raj, <laughs> and he wasn't there, and we got lost, and we didn't know where we were going, and we thought we were going in the right direction, and we weren't, and we had to, okay, check Google Maps, no, Google Maps says it's this way, we have to repent. We had to repent. We had to turn around and go a different way. But we, we didn't have to just turn around and go anyway. If we would have gone anyway, we would have ended over, over the Tyne Bridge and in Newcastle. No, no, we had to turn, follow the map, and turn to the direction of the place we were meant to be going. Repentance is about turning away from our old life, but turning to God. So I've got three things this morning about repentance, um, and I hope they're going to help you this morning. Firstly, the need for repentance. See, there was already something in the tradition of the time of, of our passage this morning. There was, always, there was already something like baptism. 
You know, if you were a non-Jew, if you weren't part of the people of God, um, there was, and you and you wanted to become part of the people of God, there were three things you had to do. Okay, if you were a man, you had to get circumcised. If you, uh, if you were, uh, your family would have to bring a sacrifice, probably to the temple, and make a sacrifice. Uh, and thirdly, you would have to kind of go through some kind of ritual cleansing where you would um, immerse yourself in water or cleanse yourself in order to become part of the people of God. Three things you had to do. But what's different about John's baptizing in our passage this morning? Well, first, it's this. John is saying, no, no, it's not just for non-Jews. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. We got a wonderful picture of that, didn't we, as Moshtabar brought out his picture and said that. It's for everyone. This good news is for everyone. And John is saying, no, no, this is for everyone. It's probably, why, it's probably also why he said um, to the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders of the time, you brood of vipers. You snakes. Yeah, young people use that phrase. You snakes. You brood of vipers. You know, you're, you're so confident in your heritage, in your family line, because of the family you've come from, because of, you know, who you are and how you've been brought up. But actually, we all need God, John's saying. You know, we can think the same sometimes, can't we? We can think, well, my parents were Christians, so, so therefore I must be. You know, I've always gone to church. I've had a good upbringing. But listen, it's not about your heritage, John is saying. It's about your heart. It's about your heart. And the second difference about John's baptism that we see is this. Usually, usually when non-Jews would come to become part of the people of God, they would have to clean themselves. That ritual cleansing was something they had to do themselves. They had to wash down and clean themselves. And John is simply saying this. John is saying, you can't, you can't clean yourself. You can't do it. You need someone to do it for you. You can't think you can clean yourself today with good works. You can't think that you can, you can become clean before God through just going to church or even just praying. You know, we can think that, can't we? I can clean myself. Listen, no amount of good works can make us clean and acceptable before God. We need someone to do something for us. And by the way, that's not John. John's not saying, it's me. Actually, John is saying, John is saying, I'm like a voice. I'm a voice in the desert. I am one that's making way for someone else. I'm making way for this one that is to come, Jesus. He is more powerful. I'm not even worthy to pick up his sandals and carry them. He's the one that can make you clean. He's going to be the one that can make you acceptable before God. Turn to him, is what John is saying. Okay, secondly, the joy in repentance. The joy in repentance. See, that might sound strange. It might sound a strange thing to you. Joy in repentance? What, what, what is that all about? Well, here's what I mean. Um, see, John is saying, look, He's saying, this thing that I'm doing to you, this, this baptism that I'm doing, is nothing compared to what John, Jesus is going to do. Nothing compared to him. And sometimes we can think that repentance is this kind of, this turning to God is, is sometimes because we have this kind of irrational fear of God. Some kind of like, God could blow up at any time, therefore I've got to repent. 
Do you know, it's like if you've got a work colleague who you have to tiptoe around because you never know when they're going to explode. And, and that, can, that, that can be our irrational fear of God. We can think, no, I've got to repent because, you know, I don't want to get on his bad side. And, I, I, you know, I really, he could blow up any time. Listen, this is what it says in Romans 2. Romans 2, chapter, uh, verse 4. Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? See, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It's the fact that God loves us, that God loves you, that he calls us to turn to him and to repent. That's why he loves us. And he wants the best for us. Because he knows that we won't find our ultimate joy in other things. We won't. We won't do it. We won't find it anywhere else except in knowing him. Except in living for him. Listen, you may have heard of um, a sportsman, a South African sportsman called Sia Khaleesi. Has anyone heard of Sia Khaleesi? He was the South African rugby um, captain when South Africa beat England in the World Cup. But we won't go there. Um, And he captained the South African rugby team. And he tells the story of how he became a Christian, how he came to Christ. And he says, you know what, I grew up in the church. My my grandmother would take me to church. uh, And, you know, I became rich and famous through rugby. I became very successful. I became very wanted. Until one day... When something in my personal life was exposed, he says. Something was exposed in the media. And uh, he said, you know what, at that point, he realized. He said, up to that point, everything I was fighting against was hidden. It's hidden away. And then it was exposed. And he says, when my sin was exposed, I knew that I either had to change my life or lose everything. I decided to lose my life and find it. In Christ. Do you see? Do you see? He's saying, do you know what? There's a deeper joy to be had. And it's going to mean in change. It's going to mean in turning. But I'm not going to find it in my old life. I'm not going to find it in living for myself. I'm not going to find it ultimately in success or meaningless relationships or, um, or fame. I'm going to find it in Jesus Christ. See Khaleesi found. See, that's the point of repentance. It's not to wallow in our failures. It's not to be like, oh, I'm such a bad person. Or I'm, I just, let me just have a pity party. And for me to stay in a pity party and wallow in my failures. No, it's meant to lead us out into friendship with Jesus. So that we might find true life in him. Realize that he loves us. That's what our ultimate joy is. And where our ultimate joy is found. See, we're going to be celebrating baptisms next week. And I'm, as I said, I'm really looking forward to it. And that's what we're celebrating. Do you know that water is, hopefully once it's filled, and if it's filled, that water is not going to make people clean. It's not. 
It's a, it's a response, and they're responding to what Jesus has done in their lives. And as they go down into that water, they're, they're remembering that when Jesus died, their old life died. And when they come up out of the water, they're celebrating that actually Jesus, when he was risen to life and raised in new life, they have new life in him. And they've got new life because of him, not because of what anything they've done, but because of him. We're going to have a wonderful celebration next week. And if you haven't been baptized as a believer and you want to, please come and speak to us. We would love to celebrate that with you. And you see, because, because there's ultimate joy to be found in Jesus and knowing him, that's why Martin Luther, the um, famous um, reformer from 500 years ago or so, could say this. He could say, all of life is repentance. All of life is repentance. That, that's not him saying, do you know what? Just be careful. You never know where you stand with God. You'll never know if you're really, truly accepted. So just keep repenting. You never know what God thinks of you. He's not saying that. What he's saying is, actually, you know, he very much believed, actually, when you turn to Jesus that first time and repent and come to him, you're safe and secure in him. You're secure knowing that you're his forever. Um, but what he is saying is this. He's saying, you know, any Christian knows that you know, there are temptations in life, temptations to draw us away from finding that ultimate joy in Jesus. You know, things, um, things that Sia Khaleesi experienced, other things, successes, friendships, um, relationships. These things aren't ultimately bad, but when we make them our ultimate joy, we're missing out. And that's where Jesus should be. And often as Christians, we find that we're tempted in those ways to make those things ultimate instead of Jesus. And so Luther's saying Christianity is like this daily lifestyle of repentance. It's daily finding our joy in him. It's daily turning to him and going, Jesus, you are wonderful. I'm fixing my attention and my joy in you. And do you know what? That daily fixing our joy in him will almost certainly look like a changed lifestyle. That's what uh, John's on about when he says produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Actually, there'll be fruit in our lives. Our, our, our lives will look differently. So, for instance, in another account of John, um, so people, he says produce fruit in repentance and people start coming to him and asking questions. You know, the tax collector comes and says, what do I do? John says, don't collect too much tax. Um, the soldier comes to him and says, what should I do? And he says to the soldier, don't exhort money out of people. Treat people fairly. Do you know what? This life of repentance will mean our lifestyles will look differently. Are you treating fairly? Are you treating people fairly in life? If you're a tax collector, if you're responsible for taking money, are you not taking too much money off people? If you, um, are you being responsible in your finances? If you claim benefits, are you claiming too much benefits that you shouldn't be? Listen, this is, the, this is the joy that we've come into and it will affect our lives and cause us to live differently. We will live fruitful lives. Okay, finally, the power for repentance. The power for repentance. John says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he, he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will flood you with God's presence. And it's as if you've, you're being immersed in water, John is saying. 
You'll be a changed person. You'll be, you'll be a person that lives for him. You'll be a transformed person. And you will live that life out in places that you go. Listen, this is the radical revolution that Jesus comes to bring to us. See, this is something John couldn't do. John's baptism couldn't do this. But John is saying, but Jesus, when you encounter Jesus, you'll be immersed. You'll be flooded with love. You'll encounter him and you'll be changed forever. But, but why, why the Holy Spirit and fire? It's always been one of those things I thought, what does that mean? And you know, there's lots of different thoughts about what that means. The Holy Spirit and fire. Well, this is really interesting. Notice, notice the dual messages that are all the way through this passage. And they're these two messages of judgment and salvation. Judgment and salvation. So you've got like trees, trees that bear fruit or trees that are going to be cut down because they're dead and withered. He says you've got um, wheat that will be gathered in a barn because it's good and chaff that will be burned up and put in the fire. Some people even go as far as saying, you know, look at his diet. You've got honey and locusts. You've got the judgment of locusts, but the sweetness of honey. See, there's this dual message all the way through this passage. In other words, listen, coming to, in coming to Jesus, there's a decision to be made. There's a decision. Listen, receive, he's saying there's a decision and receive Jesus. Receive this immersion in his love. Receive this life that he wants to give you. You can't sit on the fence with Jesus. You can't do it. You can't sit on the fence with his message. And there will be judgment, John is saying, for those who reject this message. You've got to make a decision. But make, choose to turn to him. Choose to turn to him. Choose to turn to the one who gave his very life for you, as we've been singing about this morning. Choose to turn to the one who gave his life on a cross for you and me. So that all, those, all that stuff that we've done wrong, all that, that stuff that we need that is the reason we need to repent. But all that can be dealt with at the cross and was dealt with at the cross so that we could know him, so that we could have freedom. And not only that, he conquered all that and is alive, as we've been singing. He is alive. And in his life, he wants to give, and he gives you and I, new life. So turn to him, John is saying. And that's Jesus' message as we go through Matthew. Turn to me. Come to me and have life. Don't sit on the fence. You can't sit on the fence. Listen, John had his task. We're coming in for a landing now. Um, John had his task. He had his task to bring, and you know, he had his calling. And do you know what? We have our calling as well, don't we? We have a calling. We have a calling to, as we say in Jubilee, bring the joy news of Jesus to everyone, everywhere. To bring the joy news of Jesus to one another as we gather together, as we live out life together, and also to bring the joy news of Jesus to the places that we find ourselves to our workplaces, to our homes, to our colleges, to our universities, to our schools, to the school gates. We bring this joy news that people can find life and joy in Jesus. How will you do that this week? How will you bring the joy news of Jesus to the places that you are?
I'm gonna, we're going to pray, and then we're going to respond in worship. So if the band could come up, let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Let's come before him this morning, as we've been doing already. He's here by spirit, and he wants to speak to us in these moments, and speak to our hearts. He wants to speak to all of us. He wants to call us all to a, a life of turning to him in joyful repentance. And, you know, perhaps you just recognize at the moment you need to do that. You know there's, some, there's things or whatever that, you, that he's pressing on you at the moment, and you know, do you know, I'm, I'm looking for ultimate joy in those things, Jesus, and that's not good. I need to turn to you. I need to find my ultimate joy in you. Just, just come to him now and say, Jesus, I'm turning to you. I'm turning away from those things, and I'm turning to you. Perhaps you've never come to Jesus. Listen, here's a moment for you to do that. To come to him for the first time and say, Lord, I'm coming to you in, in joyful repentance. I'm so sorry for the things I've done wrong. I turn away from those things and I turn to you. And I know you've paid for all my failure, all my sin. You've paid for it on the cross and defeated it. And I can live a new life in you. And so I'm turning to you. And for all of us, let's live out this joy news in our communities. Spirit of God, help us to do that. Empower us to do that. Spirit of God, send us out into this place, into Teesside, into the places we find ourselves. In your strength, with your joy, speaking goodness and love into those that are around us. We need your help. We cannot do it on our own. And so we ask, would you come and fill us and transform us and change us and send us out into your world? Because you love the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And you love the world. You love the people that we live around and that we know. And so we ask, would we go out in your joy, pointing being a voice, being a, a signpost to you and showing people how they can get right in you. Amen.